What's up, guys? It's Jordan with the Laundromat Resource Podcast. This is show 71, and I am pumped that you're here today because today we're going to be talking with Jorge and Alejandro about how they got into the laundry pickup and delivery business and how they grew that into Hamper App and what they're up to with Hamper App these days. It's a very cool story, a very cool journey they've been on. So I know you're going to love hearing their story, but you're also going to pick up a lot of great practical knowledge, practical tips. They uh, they bring a lot of that stuff uh, in this episode today. So I know you're going to get a lot out of it. And I want to jump into that with them. Just a couple quick things before we do. Number one, there are a lot of people jumping in on Laundromat Resource, joining the free membership over there, joining the pro membership over there. And it's been a ton of fun to see that, to be a part of that and to help that grow. We've got a lot of interesting and very cool and I think super useful things that are coming down the pipeline right now with Laundromat Resource that we've been kind of working on behind the scenes for a little bit. So I'm very excited to start releasing some of those things. Uh, but I just wanted to remind you, um, hey, if you have a membership over there, free or pro or whatever, um, or if you don't, go sign up for one because, man, get the free one and you got access to a whole bunch of tools and resources and uh, and and the forums over there. But get over there, jump into the forums, go meet some people, introduce yourself in the introductions forums, let people know where you're at, who you are, and what you're up to uh, with la- your laundromat journey, and go interact with some other people who've introduced themselves. Welcome to the community and uh, and go ask a question, answer a question in one of the other forms. I mean, there's a lot going on, a lot of cool interactions. I just, maybe it's just me, but I just really love that. Um, so, hey, it's been awesome. Thank you guys who are over there doing that. And if you're not yet, go check it out. Go see what's going on over there. Come be a part of it. Okay. Uh, so with that said, I mean, we have a lot of other stuff going on too, besides just the forums. We got a weekly live webinar. And speaking of which, there's a lot of cool webinars coming up, um, including, uh, which is not really a webinar, but I'm doing a live Q and A with Dave Laundromat Millionaire wins, wins, men's on Wednesday, uh, September 30th at, uh, four o'clock best coast. Pacific time and seven o'clock least coast, East coast. (laughs) I have not made fun of the East coast in a while. And I just thought, you know, it's about time we, you know, knock them down a notch a little bit over there. So anyways, come join Dave and I for the live Q and a it's on the laundromat resource YouTube channel. Uh, I'll put the link to this and the forms and everything else that we talk about in this episode will be in the show notes, laundromatresource.com slash show 71, show 71. Uh, if you're on YouTube, they're down below in the description. So you can check them out there. Uh, so come join us for the live Q&A. Dave and I might be doing a webinar here pretty soon. I'm doing one that I'm very excited about with Andrew, the human encyclopedia, Cunningham, two-time guest, one of the favorite guests that I have had on this podcast. Uh, it, I mean, he just knows his stuff. And he and I are going to be talking about how to sell your laundromat. 
So I know a lot of you guys, maybe that's not going to be directly applicable to right off the bat, but let me just say a little pitch for it. Even if you're not thinking about selling a laundromat right now is number one, if you own a laundromat, you probably will sell a laundromat at some point in time. And Andrew has a ton of great tips on what you can be doing now to make sure that whenever you do sell your laundromat, you will get the most money for that laundromat, the most bang for your buck, the most value for that business. So come for those tips. If you don't even have a laundromat yet, uh, Andrew has some really, really good stuff uh, for you even if you're planning on buying one uh, because he's got some things that you can do from day one that are going to ensure that you're building equity in your business. And whenever you are ready to sell, uh, that you will get top dollar for it. So come join us for that one. You can check that out and see what other events we have going on at laundromatresource.com slash events. A lot of cool stuff going on. We still got the YouTube rolling. We got the blogs going out every week. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff happening, trying to help you find financial freedom through laundromat ownership. All right, man, I feel like that was a lot of stuff and I'm not trying to like pitch a bunch of stuff to you, but I'm just excited about all the cool things going on. Uh, so make sure you come check out laundromatresource.com and browse around a little bit, find out what's happening. And uh, man, all right, without any further ado, except for this short message from our friends at Atmosphere TV, we will jump into it with Jorge and Alejandro right after this. All right, guys, today's episode is brought to you by Atmosphere TV. You may remember back in episode 34 when Atmosphere TV's Mike Kelly joined me on the podcast. It was an epic, epic episode. If you haven't listened to it, show 34, laundromatresource.com slash show 34. Go check it out. It's incredible. A ton of value there. One of the things we talked about is just the importance of creating a good, positive atmosphere in your laundromat. And I was just rereading the book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And one of the things that really stands out to me is that people don't make purchase decisions based on you know the logic of you know any decision that they're making to spend their money. It's more based on a feeling and an association. And so it's really important to uh, create a positive feeling, a positive atmosphere, no pun intended, uh, in your laundromat to help people associate this chore that most people don't like doing with something positive. Atmosphere TV is an incredible way to help improve the atmosphere of your laundromat. And basically, if you haven't heard of it, what it is, is it has 50 plus channels uh, created specifically for businesses with everything from uh, sports clips, hilarious fail videos, draw dropping videos from all over the world. There's automobile channels. Uh, there's a ton of stuff. My kids love, love, love it. And my customers love it. Atmosphere TV could be a great way to either supplement your cable or a lot of us laundromat owners are cutting our cable bill completely and running Atmosphere TV. They're designed to be used with no audio, but they also do have an audio option. That way you can kind of design the Atmosphere of your laundromat the way that you want it. So get rid of cable, get rid of those news channels that are bringing negativity into your laundromat and fill your laundromat with positive videos that bring positive vibes to your customers with Atmosphere TV. And if you use the code word, the keyword, the uh, promo code, I don't know, resource, 
promo code resource, then they're going to waive your setup fee. And now everything is going to be free. There's no monthly fee for it. Um, you can use it for free in your laundromat and it's going to vibe to your uh, atmosphere. So check out atmosphere.tv. I'll put a link down in the description on YouTube or in the show notes. Check it out there. Make sure you use the keyword resource that we can get that thing for free. And, or if you'd like email Mike at mike.kelly at atmosphere.tv. All right, guys. Welcome, Jorge and Alejandro. Welcome to the show. Super glad that you guys are here and super excited to hear about your story and what you guys have going on. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Excited. excited to be for the first time in this podcast. All right. Yeah, the first time. I like that. First time. More to come. More to come. Well, hey, you guys have some cool stuff going on. You're doing something pretty unique uh, out there, and we want to hear all about it. But before we kind of jump into what it is you guys are doing, can you maybe one at a time give us a little bit of a background uh, on who you are? And then once we kind of get to know you a little bit, maybe you guys can kind of tell the story of how you got into the laundry business in the way that you did? Okay. Okay. So my name is Alejandro. I'm one of the co-founders of Amprap. Um, I come from a laundry, laundry man owner's family. Uh, we, uh, when we came to this country, I think my mom was working actually in a dry cleaning for eight years. And that's how I got into actually the cleaning service uh, uh, business. So um, after school, I used to go over there and basically I used to help the dry cleaning owner basically do the little hanger thing to make sure the dry cleaning is, is neat. And, um, and afterwards, my family decided to buy the first laundromat. As you know, uh, the first laundromat is like, it's really excited. Everybody's together. The whole family is there. And myself, I, I also learned the laundry business. So uh, we end up having two laundromats already in South Florida. So uh, we have in, in three different areas, um, like count, uh, cities. And basically from there, um, I, uh, I met George, my co-founder. And, and I had an idea uh, always in my background, in the mind that I wanted something different, right? Mm-hmm. Something for myself. I was, either it was a laundromat or it was something else. And I told uh, George about an idea and... And George was also wanting to do something with me. So uh, we met in, in college, which um, uh, one of the uh, good things about college is meeting different people from different backgrounds. Yes. And, and actually, we both are Peruvians. So Oh, we, Peruvians. Yeah, we're from Peru. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Funny like story that. real quick. My wife, like not long after we got married, she went to Peru without me for like four weeks or something. So I've never been to Peru and my wife went without me. I can't, um, can't believe that still, but yeah. yeah. You don't know, Peru is really beautiful, uh, beautiful country, beautiful people, um, but amazing food. FYI. So we went over there. Um, so basically um, I got into a fight with my dad, as you know, working with family is not easy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got into a fight with my dad and I told him that, you know, I had this idea with um, just like bags for college students because one of the laundromats where we are located, it actually is in front of the college in, in Miami. 
And my dad was, um, no. He was like, no, 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 no. I was like, okay. So I quit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I decided, I, like it. <laughs> I decided to quit. And, and I, and that, that day, actually one of the person who was washing in, in one of the big 80, 80 pound machine worked in Citibank for uh, 10 years. And she noticed I was super mad and everything. And basically I told her that I was doing my resume. <laughs> and, and uh, she told me, you want to work for City? And yeah. From there, I, I started working for City. But the idea of, of this business was always in my mind. Uh-huh. And basically, George was the one who basically pushed everything up to become what it is. Uh, it's hand grab. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So you have family history in the laundry business. It's really interesting. You know, I'm always kind of interested in the paths people take and to get into this business because it's just kind of a funny business and pretty funny. You guys came from Peru, you know, was working for a dry cleaner, ended up buying a laundromat. You ended up quitting and, you know, oh my goodness, and starting your own thing. It's, it's just, you know, the drama of it all. It's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then George can tell you a little bit more about the story from there to before. Yeah. Well, before we get to that, you know, Jorge, I mean, you kind of got dragged into this industry. Your family doesn't own any laundromats, right? Unfortunately not. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, yeah. they don't own. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, maybe tell us your perspective of, you know, up to this point so far. So we met in college. We were starting business and I had... Before we start hand prep, I had four years of experience working in um, international business. I worked for a Chinese manufacturing company, okay. selling all around Latin America and the U.S. So so far, I have traveled over two hundred cities, all all over the world, trying to wow. try to sell the their what they manufacture, and I had experience doing business. So I was saving since day one and I had some money saved and talking to Alejandro, which he was very on the tech side. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about Google AdWords and how he was increasing the sales of uh, the laundromat because he actually helped a lot to increase the sales and he knows how to repair the machines. And I saw this is a kind of partner that I need to. And I was, I am more into the, financial side, looking into the numbers. So all my experience has been in business and trading. So not as fun as Alejandro, (laughs) but I I have spent a lot of days, a lot of nights inside the laundromats Mm -hmm. and knocking doors, visiting laundromats. Yeah, very cool. So, I mean, it sounds like a really good partnership that you guys have because you guys both have, you know, important but somewhat different skill sets that you're bringing to the table you know for a complete complete business huh all right so alejandro quit his job you know he's he's with his with his family business he went and got a different job you're working in manufacturing you know 
did you guys just have a conversation and say, hey, let's go start our own business? Was, or how did that work? So it was kind of like weird because uh, we had this idea and George was one of the founders. Actually, we were three before. And the third one was a programmer, right? And we were like, okay, we have the programmer. We have the, 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 the actually the business person. Mm-hmm. The business and I have the production, which is me, right? The, actually, who was going to do all the work and the logistics and all that. So we had like the whole team. But then, uh, actually, if, if you look at the company, actually, the company was registered in 2017, and mm-hmm. we didn't do anything. Actually, we everything was about to crumble because of the, de- the developer left the company. Mm-hmm. So that's when George was the one who told me. Alejandro, we I believe in this idea. Let's move together. Let's uh, let's uh, basically um, get a loan. Get let's uh, get our savings and basically let's let's work on this project like for every single night until like two a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we did that for almost a whole year. Uh, actually, we have pictures and videos, and, and we were like. Um, like trying to figure out how this thing worked, right? Or the, the actually the technology side, right? Worked, and it was a whole process. It was a whole process, and and yeah, it was uh, amazing that you know George believed in the idea, and then we actually uh, came out of the first year. You know, when in a startup usually fails. Yeah. We were meeting almost every night in a Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, after two months. Two or three months, we said, why we don't move together? I wanted to move out of my house, also Alejandro, and we ended up renting an apartment and we lived there for over two years. It's yeah. probably cheaper to rent an apartment than to drink Starbucks every single night. So. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. And we were working, we were working in, and we were tagging that dry cleaning orders that we were picking up. Uh-huh. Sometimes I spent one, two, or three hours so no. were you, yeah, were you guys were you guys all in on this? Were you guys working on the side like also, or did you guys go full fledged into hamper app? So the first year it was um, like like any startup um, things that you know you're gonna pick up fifty orders, sixty orders overnight. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I I will applause if you actually do that. Uh, I mean, it's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, if you you're starting up an online presence and nobody knows you, um, the the beginning was basically me waking up around seven to seven uh, seven a.m. pick up the orders right, and then during lunch in in bank at that time I was a banker, pick up the orders during lunch, and then at night. Basically, me and George, we used to pick up the orders together. So we used to divide the areas in different different areas of Miami. And we <laughs> we actually, we were picking up the orders. So every single night, we were picking up orders. And every single, like, laundry lunch, I was picking up the orders. At that time, honestly, we didn't know anything about, like, what it was actually logistic and how to be more, um, like, profitable on that side. So we were actually imagine like the whole Miami area. Mm-hmm. We had that area, the whole, the whole schedule open. So we didn't have no way to filter the areas. So imagine having all Los Angeles 
all Orange County all together open. Yeah, that yeah. was in Miami the first year. And it was it was in Niagara, actually. It was in actually in Niagara because we were like picking up orders really early, uh dropping off the orders in the laundromat, then staying to two AM uh working on the on the app, basically. Yeah. Holy yeah, we, cow. We made a mistake of opening the radius to sometimes driving one hour just for one pickup and then had to drive from west side to east side. But right now, our system, we select the zip codes and the hours that we want to pick up. Yeah. And, and also in the beginning, what we did, we had the bag, all you can put inside. So mm -hmm. we were charging just per bag instead of per pound. I know there are some companies who they still do in that route, but it didn't work for, uh, for us. We were picking up and we saw the people, wait a minute, wait a minute, putting more and more and more and trying to push the most they can. It was made to put inside 20 pounds, but don't ask me how, but sometimes they put up to 35 pounds. Yeah. 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 People get very, you know, ingenious when they're trying to save money, <laughs> find, <laughs> get, get like a deal. They come up with stuff. Uh, okay. So wh when you guys were first starting, what did you guys do first? Did you, did you build out a website first or what was your first? thing that you did when you decided to start this company going back so, okay the the first thing that we do that we did back then was we launched the ios app which is only for iphone users okay and we didn't have anything on the website only marketing and we didn't have anything for android so we started testing on ios which it worked out it, it worked out the people was using the app and we said we are not going to release the Android until we are sure that, that it works. And after two years, we put a form inside the website where the people and us, any, anybody, it, it was not connected to our system. It was only a form that you put your name, you put either laundry or, or drag winning and you, and we received the email. Actually, a month ago, we just released our web app. If you go to hamperapp.com, you can actually, it will be connected to our system. Oh, that must have been difficult to have orders coming in through the app, through your system, and then other orders coming in just through a form that I'm assuming just emailed you, right? Like the, the results of the form or whatever people filled in. And so you're having to juggle between the two of those? Yes, but actually, um, it's kind of like funny, but... When we decided to do um, the technology side of the company, right, uh, and the main idea was to build out the app first is because we actually noticed that most of the visitors, based on the data that I was getting from my parents' laundromat, mm -hmm. it was that most of the people were searching were in the mobile, mm -hmm. and it was through an iOS device. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, so if people are searching through the mobile and it's an iOS device, let's just focus on the ios um ios version of that of the company yeah. so that's, that's the reason why we decided to do ios first and afterwards we decided to do android we we right now that we actually uh launched we launched the website uh we see some traffic coming in through the orders of through the website but most of our clients are, are more focused on the actual experience on the ios uh, mobile version 
and the Android version than actually ordering through the through the website. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's a lot more convenient that way. Uh, what and it makes sense to do the iPhone first because yeah, I mean obviously majority orders are coming in that way. Um, what a oh man, I was just going to ask you a question. Uh. Yeah, I must be getting old. Drawing a blank. Okay. Well, it'll come back to me. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. I'm back. I'm back. My youth is back. Uh okay, so what how are people finding your app at that point? So we we um first we did our website, right? And the website was just a regular um web um printing where you can template where you can just download the, the app version. And that's how we were getting uh, the leads. At that time, Google, Google AdWords didn't have what is right now. Um, didn't have extensions for apps or even campaigns for apps itself. Uh, that was in 2017, 18. And uh, what, we have, what we noticed is that basically we were uh, targeting the clients and basically we targeting again about to download that, the app. Um, a lot of people told us about Yelp. And we actually tried Yelp for a whole year. And in Miami market, obviously for us, unfortunately, it didn't work as well as in other markets. But for us, when we saw the analytics side of the company based on the data that we were getting from, we noticed that the AdWords campaign was actually more productive than, than the actually, uh, from the actually uh, Yelp or even... Uh, social media campaigns that we were trying to, yeah. So you're running ads to like a landing page, basically? Yeah, like a landing page uh, at the time, yes. At the time, yes. We were like launching to the homepage and then people just click and then it will directly to the Apple Store or the Play Store mm-hmm. and they will download the, the app version. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, I think that's a great, great system to have. Um, okay. Whew, I'm glad I remembered and, that question. Yeah, go ahead. Back then, back then you didn't have that many competitors. Mm-hmm. Now, now at least in Miami, where we still run the operations, we have companies from Europe, companies from US. So it's a very competitive market, which we like because we need to compete with them. And and actually, two years ago we had to hire somebody for SEO. Because we said we cannot only depend on Google AdWords, mm-hmm. and we're also doing Facebook AdWords, uh, Facebook ads, and Instagram advertisement. And we're we're going to start testing other platforms like Twitter, LinkedIn, which we haven't started, but we we want to start recently. And sometimes what we used to do a few years ago, we used to text the customers. Right now, we have the system who they can send the SMS texting. And also something that it really worked out since we have an app set push notifications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But mobile, mobile um, what we have noticed is that, yes, you can send certain emails, but when you send the text notification or even push notification, you have the ability to know exactly what the clients actually look like looking at and what they actually want. Um, uh, if they just open the app at a certain time and wait and place the order. Um, sometimes when you do web, web, like the web version, in example, sometimes it's just 
Um, yes, you can put some, I don't want to be that technical, but you, you can put some uh, events or, or something that tells you, you know, the client was there or certain thing, but saving that data and, and actually having that data going to a, 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 a database and you can make decisions based on that, then actually is what makes us right now successful in certain markets. Yeah. 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 Super smart. And you can tell where people get stuck. Like if people make it to a certain point and they don't, they don't go past that for some reason, then you know you have a problem there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of, or your offer's not right or, or whatever the case may be, but it gives you a lot of information. That's yeah, that's super smart. Yeah. And I think there's something to be learned just for, you know, regular owners or operators of laundromats or laundry, you know, business, uh, laundry service businesses who are doing advertising and stuff, just paying attention to the data and paying attention to how customers are behaving and interacting with you online or through the apps or, or whatever. Oh, yeah, or offline, actually, too. Like, I mean, you can notice if people are asking mm-hmm. for stuff and delivering or they're actually asking for more if your area is more protected to the laundry people that walk in. So maybe that the, the campaign that you're doing for laundry service maybe it's not that effective because you know that you're, you, you have more walk-ins than actually laundry service coming in. So um, it, it depends on the market. Obviously, certain, you, you, like in a Brico, like let's say Brico area or downtown area, you don't expect people to come in and wash your clothes. You get me? You expect more patrol service, like a laundry service or a dry cleaning service. But if you go to a neighborhood area where people are making around thirty to $40,000 a year, uh, you expect more walk-ins that, you know, that they wash your own clothes. Now, like I said, like checking your data, checking the what's actually coming to your site and whether clicking exactly and, and having that history, I think it makes actually a difference. It could improve your, yourself really well. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. And you're right. Online and offline, be paying attention to how customers are behaving and how they're interacting with you. And you know those demographics tell you a lot of information about what to offer. And that's really like... I think a lot of times as business owners, we forget you know, it's not, it's not what we want to offer. It's what the customers want and need. Right. And so the best source of that information is getting it straight from the customers, right? Either asking them with surveys or paying attention to how they're behaving and how they're interacting and, you know, what their needs are. Um, so yeah, huge, super good, super good advice there. Super good advice. Um, okay. So take me back. You, you guys are like on your lunch breaks and after work and you're hustling around, working super long hours, um, you know, probably still buying the Starbucks, even though you moved into your apartment because you're working so much, right? Uh, I mean, what kept you guys going when you're, you're working that hard in that many hours? What kept you guys going? We, we saw that there was a demand. We saw we we were picking up back on the first year. We were picking up per day, let's say three to five orders per day, not that many. Then we jumped to six to ten. 
Then once we get over 10 per day, we said, first, we need to get a van, a, a commercial vehicle, because Alejandro was um, most of the orders. Sometimes you, you don't, sometimes you don't know, you may get a surprise. And we were also getting commercial accounts. I think one, once in a while, you, you go to a house and you ended up picking 150 pounds, which does five bags. Mm-hmm. And, and then where do you, then you have to go back to the laundry to drop off and then to pick up. So we got a, a small commercial vehicle that we is a Nissan MB200. Mm-hmm. And then a few months after we hire our first driver. Then right now, right now we have three drivers full-time and we have two commercial vans. Nice. Only, only for Miami area, which that's where we run the operations and we have commercial accounts and we have all type of customers. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I love kind of the progression of that where you, you grew the business to a point where you guys felt like, I don't know, I'm just kind of picturing Alejandro driving around with a bag of laundry on his lap and he's like packed in with all this laundry, right? Uh, You know, and you grew it to that. Then you said, okay, our next step is buy a van. So you went in and got a van and, you know, from there you went and hired a driver and then kind of went from there, hired a couple more drivers and bought another van. and, And, you know, and that's how, and that's how you scale, right? That's how it works. Um, okay, so you're at, at what point? I mean, do you guys still have your your same jobs? Is that or are you guys doing this full time now? Uh, I'm doing that full time at the moment, and then George is actually moved to Dallas right now recently. He got married. So hey, congrats! <laughs> Thank you. That's why we are expanding in Austin and Austin and Houston area and i need to find a local partner here in dallas well dallas is so big that i think that we will need at least four partners yeah 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 awesome so so um we decided uh what we decided to to start what was the question i'm sorry what was uh oh man that if we if we quit our jobs oh yeah, oh, yeah. are you guys still working, working yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry like i i quit my job like city Bank, like uh three years ago in 2019 yeah i quit my job uh three years ago and and yeah I, of course in the first year is kind of tough because quitting a, a job that actually you know spending everything mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of tough how to go down a little bit on my expenses but i i you know i i know that hamper app is gonna is working and it's gonna work in the future and basically uh i decided to dedicate 100 percent of my time right now to hamper app and actually um i'm traveling to different states every single maybe every every two months to find new partners and drive to you know drive around the United States, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious about that, like, because that is a big step to quit your job and go full full fledged with this thing. So, what what was it like? How did how did you know when the time was right to to quit? When you have enough orders that you don't that. You know, when your manager tells you 
if you're okay because you look so tired <laughs> and and basically uh when you were selling i was giving loans uh personal small uh loans over maybe half a million dollars every single month and micro loans like 20 30,000 to different people and and basically i was so tired that i was not performing as good and the company was requiring more time with me. Like I, I like it, it was more of operation size. Mm-hmm. And once I decided to, you know, I'm going to drive full time for Hampera for like six months. And then from there we were like, okay, now we need to hire a driver because Alejandro has to do all your stuff for the company. Mm-hmm. And doing other stuff in the company and everything. So it, it is, is I'm more into the operation person and I always, um, I'm happy of doing that always. Uh, of course, as as um, as we have our good, like if you give me a book of accounting and you give me like you know, find <laughs> me the expense of this and and why is uh, you know you need to pay your payroll and all that. For me, that's not my side. You just and hand it to Jorge. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can do that. No problem. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and and. Uh, and now is is I'm more into the marketing and uh, um, and basically managing other other areas of the of Hampra right now. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you guys can talk to me a little bit about too. Like, so quitting your job is a huge step, right? And that's you know, to be honest with you, I talk to a lot of people in my coaching consulting calls, and that's their goal, right? Is to quit their jobs, mm-hmm. you know, to run their own businesses and. You know, have I mean, I think I think a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into it, you know, to get there uh sometimes. But uh but I mean that's a huge goal. But another big step is making that first hire, you know, hiring your driver for the first time. Can you guys maybe talk to me about how you decided to make that decision and how how it worked out? I mean, because now you're adding on more labor expenses, right? So you got to make sure the business can support that. And you, you know, you got to be supported too, you know, with your, you know, your expense, your personal expenses and stuff. So talk to me about how you decided to make the hire and how that, how that went, how you guys did that. So hiring our first driver was not as difficult now that you have still the government supporting with COVID to certain people. And (sighs) at least in, in Florida now, the minimum wage is is rate is uh is going up from seven fifty eight dollars an hour to ten ten fifty which is nothing compared to California yeah fifteen around fifteen dollars an hour so at least two years ago no wow three years ago when we hired our first driver uh it was not as difficult we we went to Craigslist.com we back then you used to pay only 20 25 for an ad right now it's 45 50 dollars per ad and we interview i would say four or five i don't remember that that many until that same person who started working with us right now he's our logistics manager so he handles the three drivers because we're busy running the company and we're busy spending on other areas of the company that he handles the drivers but right now hiring hiring a driver is kind of difficult at least in our area because number one 
interview time. They might not show up. They will say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I need the job. That's a job that I want so much flexibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And then they don't show up. Then they might show up one day or two days. Yeah. And the, the training part was actually, um, right now what we do is that we spend at least one, one week with the driver. And the driver, the manager right now spends one week with the new hire if we are hiring uh, a new driver. And and basically, that's how we train them. Um, our platform right now, we have a driver app other than the iOS app and the user app. We have a driver app specifically that tells them exactly what orders. And, and we're trying to make it more easier for them to don't think exactly where to go what 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 exactly what order they have to you know pick up first or drop off after so uh right now currently our system does everything so we are um even uh, being more uh, investing more in, in that side of the company because uh we have noticed that more like clients in 2017 18 didn't doesn't expect now what you know clients currently do expect like they expect it ETA at 10, t- 10 and 10 p.m., you know? Mm-hmm. And we're working into that, like that part of the company. We're working on, on making more into the micro micro management of telling exactly the client what time, the, around what time the driver is going to arrive and exactly the location of the driver. Mm-hmm. More than ever now, clients are being more... Um, PD on, on basically on, they want to know exactly like so they don't spend two hours in their in their house for nothing you get me so uh, we're working right now on that on the part of the company and make it easier for the driver so for us is is the training part of the hiring a new driver is not a hard the hardest part is is finding the person that actually want to spend <laughs> the time on the training and actually. Uh, doesn't want to, you know, actually wants to work. Yeah. yeah. I, I think everybody's feeling that pain right now. There's a whole lot of heads nodding with you as they're listening to this. Cause I think, you know, not just laundry owners and laundry service, you know, providers, but, you know, across the board, everybody's struggling with getting people to hire. And it's, you know, you can easily get your hopes up because somebody seems very enthusiastic and they seem like a good candidate. But like you said, a lot of times people don't show up and, you know, it's, it's very frustrating right now. So a lot of people can, you know, identify with that and hiring drivers, I think in general is, is difficult anyways, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure why that is, but um, for whatever reason, it, it can be very difficult to hire drivers specifically too. Yeah. It, I think the hardest part is when when companies they want to hire drivers when they they request them to drive their own vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot easier when you when you provide the vehicle and they do the map actually, and you they end up earning the same thing if they end up driving for like for example Uber or Eats or stuff like that. They they actually do the map and they measure the how much they spend on gas. Recreation with vehicle and all that. I mean, I sometimes even make more with with like a delivery company to actually provide the the band. So, if anyone is hiring someone, and of course they need orders, um, I I would recommend it to hire with a band. It will make the hiring more more easier. Actually, 
yeah, like our drivers actually sometimes when the vehicle is out or tire is out, they they always ask for the gas. If they spend <laughs> if they spend like ten dollars or something on gas, uh, they they're telling us, look, you know, are your embracement that money back to us? And we're like, yeah, because you actually drove those for him for the company. There's no problem, but. They, they always behind, okay, when is the vehicle back to operation? Because they know that, you know, that's how they make the real money. Mm -hmm. yeah. But only if you have the volume. If you are starting on the pickup and drop off, it's not worth it for one, two, three. Like we said in our first year, we were doing just five orders per day, which it was not overnight. So on the beginning, if they want to test the waters, the manager, somebody helping out the laundromat, they can start doing the first pickups and drop-offs. And actually, it will help to learn, to know who is your customer. Yeah, Data, you can get a lot of data. There's, But getting to know the, the neighborhood where you're picking up, getting to know the first customers who might more than willing, if they like the service, they will refer, they will remember. So we get some... Um, some reviews online not only we we like the the service we like her grab but they also remember they put the name of the driver or the person who picked up and dropped off mm -hmm. yeah 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 i love that and i you know i think there's a there's a lot to learn when you actually do something uh yourself and i had another guest on waleed uh who has a pickup and delivery service up in new york and or a business up in new york and he you know he recommended the same thing. Hey, you know, drive for a little bit so that you know what it's like. You get a feel for that. You get to know your customers, especially your early on customers. And you hear direct feedback from them. I mean, there's a lot of perks to it. So if you can do it, you know, there are there are a lot of perks to that for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So take me back to Miami and your business. So you, you know, Alejandro, you've quit your job and Jorge, are you do you live in you live in Texas now? I moved to Texas two months ago. I decided to start doing my MBA. Awesome. Uh, in University of Austin. They call it uh, UT. And the main the main reason um what I moved to Dallas is uh, number one, my MBA. My wife's family, they live here. Mm-hmm. And I actually love love the city. I love the state, and um, I want to expand into the Midwest area. There's a, a huge opportunity. There's a huge potential here, and I want to get more <coughs> partners here. I still I haven't quit, but I don't have a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I can I can work. I can answer calls. I can. I'm right now. I'm more into just getting sales for the company and managing the sales team that's my main role in that company awesome. and i believe i believe in hamper up we have personally invested a lot of time a lot of money over six years and i don't pay myself nothing yet from hamper up and we keep reinvesting right now we have the we are able to hire six full-time uh developers Five, six years ago, we only had one. Right now, we have six full-time. And we have also one that is the manage the whole team because we need to have the web, the website, the web app. We need to have the 
iPhone uh, app. We need to have the Android app. We have the driver app. We have in the store the POS where where the partner they need to update or any anybody who does the order need to update the the actual order because you you need to charge. You receive it back, and then if you have a a laundry item like a comforter or anything that you need to update and and so I haven't put it yet, but I I'm full committed into the company and I and I see a huge potential. Yeah, I think there's yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit to you know move into a new area and and starting to develop relationships there. So okay, take me back just for a second. Uh okay, so you guys, I mean, you guys developed Hamper app for you guys, right? And for your business. Tell me about when you decided to kind of branch out a little more. What made that what what so, what gave you guys that idea to partner with other people and you know license out your app? So what happened was that um um I, I focused a lot of the SEO and the marketing part of the company. And when you start getting calls from your competitors <laughs> asking, <laughs> asking you, hey, we like like how can I join you guys? Like, and we're like, oh, we, we don't do that. Or or they're asking us, um, um and me and George, we were like, okay, so let's go and expand to this market, which is like two zip codes away from us. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, we're like, okay, no, but we need to focus on one market first. So what do we do with these clients that we have in the market? Right. And, and we were like, we actually did it in a study and actually it was a local study. Right. And we were like, let's, let's go to, let's go to different landlord owners. Right. And let's ask them, right. Will you join this platform or, and, and basically our idea, one of the ideas was either in the beginnings of Hamper was, open the platform for everybody. So let's say that um, you're in the zip code of 3331 and you have like three laundromats on the, around that area. So basically the client download the app and they will see the three, three, uh, three laundromats, right? And the issue that we notice and a lot of laundromat owners they, they know is that um, when you have a laundry, like a kind of laundry, uh, what is exactly if your competitor lowers the, the price per pound like for like five cents or six cents or ten cents, and they're in the same platform? So what happens as a client myself? I would go and I would check it out. I would like check, you know, what like Fulano. Let me check how 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 well they do the, the work. Now, what's going to happen is that the client is either going to get confused between choosing different laundromats, right? And the laundry owner is going to lose that client himself. Mm-hmm. Because the like, what happens if you actually like that service? So you're you're into a platform that basically is not commitment to to one one laundry. So a lot of the laundry owners were asking us, okay, so if you want to work with me, you need to give me all this area, right? Obviously, for us, we noticed also that covering all big areas are impossible because mm-hmm. of the basic size. Right. So right now we have around in Miami area, we have around probably like four partners. Um, in your of, city? In my city. In, yeah. my, in, okay. in, in Miami, we have four, four, four different partners that mm-hmm. basically work with us. 
and provide us to well, we have actually five. We're not including the commercial uh, sites that we have, uh, and that's the benefit of uh, of our platform that we get a lot of leads of everything. So um, we have uh, around. We work with four different laundromats, operation site in our site, and and basically the the separately sold certain zip codes to other partners. But, but going back to your question, how when we decided to sell or or provide other other laundry owners our platform, it was when people were asking asking us. Asking us to join. And and we were like, sorry we don't or or we were like we don't have the, the way to do it. And that's when we when George and I decided to go to the clean show and and go with the demo version of the tablet. Yeah. Because you know you have you have two options. If you want to expand into a new territory, into a new city, either you buy a laundromat or you partner somebody you get a wholesale price with somebody, but then you need to hire your own drivers in the other area. And it will take at least four years for what we were expecting to get sales of thirty, forty thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So we said we have developed such technology and there's a more opportunity for us to keep investing most of our time and money into the technology side. We already had a, and, and on the marketing area and right now we have a customer support. So we can provide all these tools for existing laundromats who wants to who will start doing pickup and drop off, who, who wants to start doing deliveries. So right now, we, we, back then we had a big territory in Miami. We had people interested and we said, okay, so you, you want Miami Beach? You can have this area, this other person, this other area. And now they're running and we take a small commission and everybody wins, but they have access to, to our features, which is the technology side, the customer support, We answer calls from 7 a.m. until midnight. We have three people right now working full time. Maybe if they watch the video in a couple of years, we might have more people mm -hmm. we, we will require. But we're working on the technology side so they make less calls. We keep improving and we see why we get the calls and why is the people calling to, to improve our website and to improve our driver app. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, you guys have grown out the platform a lot. I mean, tell me about your experience at Clean Show. What was that like? And, you know, how did that help you, you know, kind of launch your licensing, your partnering side of the business? We went to our first show, to our first show. This show is every four years, correct? I think it's every two years. Well, wow. Except for COVID years and okay, so we we went to our first show in in Georgia, which uh -huh. was like six six years ago or seven eight years ago. I don't remember the time right now. We were just went to look, but our first show where we got a booth, a ten by ten booth. We were exhibitors. Uh, we wanted to test the waters. We wanted to see talk to talk to other laundromat owners to see if they liked the idea. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had, um, we only got two partners from the show. 
which you, right now have, launching a new partner into our system, it can take us a few minutes. Back then we didn't have it and they wanted to have the Android. And we, they used to ask, oh, are you available in Android too? Are you available in Android? And we said, no. So that's something and they, they wanted to release in the area. Oh, I, I want the app tomorrow. I want the app in a week. And we said, we're still tweaking and we haven't released yet. It's going to take us three months. And that's something that they didn't help us, but it helped us to understand what the actual operator or what the actual new partner. And yeah. we are, we, we can wait for next year. We already got a booth for next year yeah. and hopefully, hopefully awesome. at 20, 30, who knows how many we can get, how many. <laughs> like, like your sense again, like we went to the film show and we were um, like, like we actually went to experiment. It was kind of like experiment to know exactly what's out there. And me and George, we were like, okay, we're going to spend this amount of money to get a booth. But we're gonna like sell it as as much <laughs> as we can and actually work. And we got a, any a lot of feedback of other other laundromat owners, which it was at that time was harder. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, you can put a form online or question, and obviously the, you're gonna get a lot of uh, feedback. But back then, there was not just thing as a form, a podcast, or either <laughs> or even a um, a. Uh, like someone that can actually guide you on how to start a technology company on, on, on of a laundry service, right? Mm -hmm. So it was actually a really good experience uh, going there, and we're excited about going back there with everything that we're going to show up with. And yeah. actually, I would love to send you the picture of our booth, so maybe you can show it here. So yeah, you can see it. Yeah, definitely do that, uh, and I'll I'll include it. Um. Real quick, I haven't asked you this yet. Um, I think I know the answer to it, but I haven't asked you. So when you guys started this business and you started picking up laundry and doing it, how was the laundry actually getting done? <laughs> Who was doing it? Where was it getting done? So the laundry was actually being done in my parents' laundromat. And my parents, are used, as I started a podcast, they're really hard when it comes to business uh -huh. and hard decisions. So um, I agree in a price per pound with them. And basically, we're making the margin out of that. Um, actually, honestly, and I'm telling you straight up the truth, I, uh, we went to different laundromats before. And a lot of laundromats, and a laundromat, a lot of laundromat and mats, they say no to us. Really? Yes. Because they didn't know about this. Remember, we're talking about 2017 when there was no, not interesting as technology. And I think Watch Club was getting into our market. And, and there was not that much of, 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 of the idea of picking up delivery as right now, as 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was, uh, my parents actually does uh, some of the laundry, laundry. And then when we got into a certain volume, we decided getting more partners that actually uh, cover our areas that we carry on. Mm -hmm. and, and then basically after they grow up their business, then we decided to get an, another partner. Obviously, we talked to them, all of them, our partners, and tell them, look, uh, you're still going to keep this volume of your laundry, so we you know, stop, you know, don't fire anyone. You're still going to keep this amount of laundry. 
Uh, we just that you cannot provide that much of a service with us. So we decided to take it to another laundromat. And then the other laundromats, you know, basically uh, is covering the other ex- ex- seed of, of pounds that they cannot perform. Now we have commercial accounts um, that basically give us around 500 per day or 600 accounts per day. And, and it's amazing because we have... Pounds, pounds, not accounts. Yeah. 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 600 pounds per day and we have a truck that basically our partner picks it up, picks them up. So we work with partners that they don't want to, they don't focus that much on the technology side, which we, we do on the sales part. And then what we do is we provide work to them. So sometimes the headache comes to the laundry owner that when they're trying to start everything by themselves and they don't know where to start. And that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a good, a good partnership there because you guys have the infrastructure built out and are able to offer that. And other, you know, other people who have, you know, the, the physical assets for it, you can partner with them to, you know, uh, it seems like a good, a good marriage there. Yes. And also, like, if you consider, I don't know if you, uh, I, um, we have my parents longer my bed. We provide them like around six thousand to eight thousand pounds, you know, per month in that area specifically. Mm-hmm. Just having that amount of sales extra coming from outside your door, how much value brings up to your store? Yeah, well, so, I was surprised that people were turning you down. If somebody's like, "Hey, I want to come do a bunch of laundry at your laundry," I'm at laundromat. I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Like exactly right, and yeah. and actually a lot of a lot of and we go to we go and target different markets that actually they're doing pickup and delivery, right? And we tell them, look, we like to work with us, and they're like, no, we have our own brand, we, we do our own pickups and all that. And we're like, okay, but well, you don't like more clothes to pick up. Mm-hmm. You don't like they don't lose anything, right? And the good thing about our strategy in this case is that most of our traffic that we're getting right now. So that, so we 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 our main focus right now, yes, is marketing, but our branding. So we get around, I think, a thousand one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty-five thousand uh, impressions per day in the whole United States for free, and and we're getting these from Las Vegas, from uh, Texas, Dallas, and um, San Antonio, Los Angeles. And sometimes those orders cannot be performed because we don't have, unfortunately, no partners at that moment in that market. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you need to get those partners. Let's get them going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Business yeah. slipping through your fingers. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, uh, people that actually uh, are like trying to do pickup and delivery or have an extra income, you know, is a good way to start. Uh, or if they're doing their system laundromat and they have their own laundry service and pick up and delivery and you're not picking up enough you don't lose anything working with a platform like ours mm-hmm. right so it's a good way to 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 work with like to get more income basically yeah love that uh okay i mean Super cool. I mean, you guys have like a lot of cool stuff going on. It seems like you've built up your your personal 
side of the business, uh, you know, pretty well. And then you've just started to kind of expand out by partnering with other owners. And now, you know, do you still, you still, are you still doing your stuff in Miami, your pickup and delivery business? Yes. We still run the operations uh, in Miami, certain areas of Miami, uh, which is, it's not a, a very big city, but we have divided in in different with different partners. But we still, and that's where we have the three drivers and the two vans to be able to cover that area. And just a recommendation for anybody who wants to do a pickup and drop off. Most of the companies, what they do is they pick up in the morning. So if they just want to open in the morning or certain like two hours in the morning, usually seven to nine, it's not as competitive as working on a, on a Saturday and maybe Sunday too, or at nights. That's something that we stand out in Miami. Mm. And some of our partners, they do the same, but not all of them, because we give them the flexibility to choose which hours they can work. They tell us, when they expand and they have more orders, they will expand the hours. But definitely something that how we stand out with so much competition in Miami is that we have two two um, schedules in the morning and at night. So from 8 to 12 and then from 6 to 10. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a good tip too. You know, looking for gaps in the market where there might be availability and opportunity you know, to, to pick up customers that aren't being served right now because people are picking them up in the morning and not in the evening or not on the weekends or whatever the case may be. Super smart. Love that. Love that. Because we, we already did that mistake. <laughs> and also we did that mistake that opened too many hours. When you also give too many options to the customer, he might be like, I can have them anytime and they don't schedule anything in advance and they expect that you show up in in 30 minutes, 20 minutes. So it's a balance. But before we even before we even start licensing our system, we had 10,000 of orders in prior experience before we, right now we have done more than 20,000. So we're talking from our personal experience. And like Alejandro said, we're learning from different states. Right now we are in Florida, most of our partners, 60% are there. And then we have in California and also in Texas. So we're still need to learn from other states like New York. And definitely we will learn. And, and the, the U.S. is a huge market. Well, um, one of the tips that I would recommend that George was talking about is that don't mind on increasing prices. Pricing. Because... Uh, when we started the company, we were like, uh, I think it was 129 per pound or something. And, and I was like, no, no, George, don't raise the price because we want to be the lowest one in the area. Blah, 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 blah. And honestly, sometimes um, it's not a case. And people actually don't want to order with you because you are too cheap. And, and that happened to us in, in South Beach. Actually, one of the markets that we were starting with, right? And we were charging 139 per pound or 149. And we were like, okay, you know, this market charge usually 169, 179. Um, at, at that time, we lost a driver, unfortunately. And 
and we raised the price crazy high because we didn't want no orders from that area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to <laughs> deter people from ordering. <laughs> exactly. So then what happened it was the opposite. It was the opposite. So the opposite was that we got a huge bombing from that area because of that reason, because of the of the increase of pricing. I think the increase of price, it doesn't have to be too high, of course, but it, like it has to be on the market price. Don't go, don't, don't be a strong price, increase in price depending on your cost or expenses. Yeah, the, the per, per, um, perception from the customer might be like, oh, they're not going to do a good job because they're only charging me 130, 140 per pound. But learn your market, study your market. And once you know that most of, if you have a competitor charging two and another 150, you can do 180, 190. Yeah. Yeah. Not, that, not, yeah. Not, sorry for not thinking that 125, I'm going to take all the market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good tip. You know, we talk about this a lot, how <clears throat> a lot of people are afraid to raise prices. And it's just funny how you guys kind of stumbled on it by trying to drive away customers. You're like, oh, we'll just jack up our prices and then we don't have to worry about that area until we have a driver again. Uh, but the actual opposite happened. And I think that, I think you're right. The perception is, is key. And that plays into your branding also, right? Like how people perceive your brand and the pricing, they're closely tied together. You know, if you're branding yourself as, you know, the, the, the cheap option, then, you know, that might appeal to some people, but, uh, you know, that may or may not be the demographic you're going for. And it may or may not be the best business model for your area too. So, And also the person that is paying 129 pounds, sometimes is expecting a lot more or like discounts and all that on your service than actually the person who's actually paying 179, 199 per pound, 125 mm-hmm. per pound. And it's different. I'm talking about pricing and so, um, it's, it's a lot different. So right now we we recently raised prices again, and honestly we didn't see that much an effect the first month, uh, and we went back to the regular sales. So of, of course you're gonna lose like anything. Also when you increase your vending prices, other persons that walk into the laundromat are going to go to they're gonna complain about the extra quarter. But when they notice that the difference of service that you're getting from, from that 25 cents, mm-hmm. what makes a difference is the AC, your TV is working, the machines are clean. And the same thing as the pickup and delivery, right? You're on time, the clothes is washed correctly. When you open the mic back, it smells really good. So all that makes it actually worth the extra money they're paying for. So yes, they leave, but they end up coming back because of that, uh, because of those that, those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, providing that value is key. You can't you can't charge whatever you want to charge if you're going to give terrible service, right? It, yeah. That's that's how it goes, and I think that's why a lot of you know the best people out there, the best business owners out there, say, hey, don't you know, don't be the lowest option out there. In fact. Be be one of the higher options out there, but just provide 
more value than everyone else. And people will be willing to pay the price because, you know, it's worth it to, you know, pay. And, you know, we're talking relatively small amounts, right? An extra quarter, an extra dime or whatever per pound, you know, but if the quality and the service and the experience is that much better, people will definitely pay it. Yeah. And, and we suggest on that turnover time to keep it on 24 hours. Mm. How come? Let's you. How come? Because we have some of our partners who have uh, tried 48, 72 hours and they don't have that many orders compared. Like people don't want to, to have their, their laundry for three, four days somewhere else. Like they want to have it back the next day. Mm -hmm. We also have a subscription service that some of those customers they can they say okay bring it back next week it's only less than one percent but you have all but people they want fast not the same day service not overnight only commercial accounts which they need their stuff back to to work and but for the regular customers like they wanted to have it the next day that's that's what we recommend yeah Awesome. Good tip. Awesome tip. Uh, all right. We have a section of the podcast called Secret Sauce. Listen up. It's the secret sauce. And Secret Sauce is just, what's what's something that you see working either in your guys' business or in one of your partner's businesses? What's something that's working uh, for pickup and delivery right now in terms of even either you know, gaining more customers or improving efficiencies or, or anything like that. You got any tips for people running pickup and delivery? Uh, well, what I would recommend is work on, uh, if you're planning to build up your own brand, right? Uh, work on your, your branding. That's my, my tip number one. Uh, I think uh, Google could be really expensive if you don't mm -hmm. do that. So that's something that I would highly uh, consider uh, to recommend to any laundromat owner, my side of the company. Uh, obviously, there's other things that, like the branding is the most important part because uh, that depends on how much it's going to cost you in the future, that click or that client. Um, I don't know if George has any. Yeah, something that on the pickup and drop off, talk to the driver or if you are picking up and drop off make some cards at least our backs they're green and how we show you i will show you in a minute uh -huh. and anytime that you walk in a hotel or an apartment building or when you park your, your vehicle if you have a rapid band they will ask you oh what's your company name can i know more if you have a card with a five dollar coupon and and with a promo code and and you can give it to that person that works that will work because they're taking something physical or they will take the picture with your qr code taking it to your website and then they will they will remember like that yeah i love that tip that's a i mean both of those building up the brand and it kind of goes hand in hand right with the green bags and you know the wrap vehicle and all that stuff but you know having those cards where when people do ask you the questions or giving them to your drivers people do ask those questions it's really easy to just hand that card 
now they have your web address. They you know have the way to get in contact with you. They have a way to download the app. They have your you know your business name so they can search you. Um, super good, super good and, tip. But give a small commission to your driver. Give him five bucks, and he will he he can make twenty thirty dollars extra per week, and he will be extremely happy. Ooh, nice. How do you keep track of that? By the promo code. If his let's say his name is Nick, we write Nick Five, and when when we get the report every week, when we have to pay the driver, we can see if has anybody used that code. Oh, I love that. So and, that is- and if you and, and if you have a driver or or if you love to talk to people and you have the time, talk to the the person who works in the lobby. If you go to a hotel. And if you not make friends with the person with a concierge and tell them about your company, mm-hmm. don't be afraid of that. They're actually, they're looking for, for people who they can refer to. I love that. At least right, yeah. At least right now, locally in Miami, in Miami beach, most of the hotels, they recommend us. And because our drivers talk, talk to them. Yeah. Super good. Super good secret sauce. I love those ideas. Really, really clever, really good. And is the, uh, the promo code thing, is that integrated within your system? Yes. Yeah. Super cool. Love that. Uh, all right. We have another section called pro tips. Pro tips. And pro tips is maybe, maybe an operator, say there's a laundromat owner who wants to get into pickup and delivery. you have any tips for them on how to do that the best way possible? Yeah, start joining join our team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, I mean, if they don't want to, if they want to do pickup and delivery tomorrow and they are in a market where we're not, then we can open their area. And one day, Less than one day, how fast they answer the email, I think we can have that area open for them. Now, the, the, the difference is that building up like the brand part, it takes a lot of time. So I definitely recommend them to, if they want to do pick up and delivery tomorrow and they want to test the waters, definitely to contact us and, and you can actually, you know, help them out. If not, they can, they definitely need to have a website and they need to have exposure to social media. And then they need to look for a platform who they can help because how many orders can you pick up through the phone if somebody calls you? So you need to have a platform. It could be the best option, a company like us or any other company, but they definitely need to have a software to be able to, to have a list of the order that they're going to pick up that day. And you need to call that person because one, two, three, four, max, you can do it to paper. And, and, but then you need a, an actual technology software to help you. And so you need to have that technology. You need to have the marketing and you need to have a, you need to be very, you need to be able to answer the phone at any time because you will be getting calls. But like Alejandro said, we can cover all that. But if they want to try it, 
after they get tired of doing that, they, they need to, and if we're available in their area, we're, we're a good option. And we, we're willing to talk to anybody. Uh, our website, www.hamperapp.com, and they can find out more information. And we have, we have done over 20,000 orders already. We're doing over 1,000 orders per month right now, and we keep increasing our areas. We keep learning. And we, like I mentioned before, we have six developers working full time and we're growing the team exponentially to be able to, to call, to help new partners. Guys, that was awesome. And, uh, man, I, you know, I'm going to put that link that you, you know, just mentioned hamperamp.com, uh, in the show notes, if you're on YouTube, they'll be down below in the description, but I'll have all that and the links to everything that we talked about here uh, will be there. So make sure you check those out. Guys, is hamperapp.com, is that the best place for people to come find you if they have more questions? Yeah. And actually down, down there, there's an option that they can put a um, partner up with us. Okay. And they can click. I will send you the link afterwards and, and you can... Uh, Put in the short notes, but definitely uh, if they contact us through there, uh, you're either gonna be receiving a call from me or from George. Uh, you know. Or they can they can send an email to team t e a m at hamperapp.com for more information. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes to team at hamperapp.com. Guys, appreciate it. So cool to hear you guys' story and how you you know, got into this wacky, wacky business and how you've been able to grow it and scale it and now expand it out and hopefully, you know, soon be nationwide all over the, all over the place, right? Just hamper apps everywhere. Thank you, Jordan, for this opportunity. And we will love talking to you. All right. That was such a fun interview with Jorge and Alejandro. I love talking to those guys, hearing their story about how they kind of came up through the ranks, developed their own app, and now they're tr trying to really expand what they're doing, offering uh, customers a better service experience kind of across the country, and they're looking to expand. So cool to hear that. Congrats to you guys. Hope you guys continue to build that business and serve this industry well. Guys, I just want to remind you that listening to the podcast is awesome checking out youtube is awesome you're gonna learn a lot going to the forums very cool reading blog posts awesome 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 all that is so good but none of it's gonna get you any closer to achieving your goals whatever they may be unless you start taking some action so i just want you to pick something from any time in this podcast episode and put it into action this week pick something put it into action. And man, as we do that every single week, we're developing habits of putting things into action. Watch what happens. Watch how your life changes because um, that stuff compounds on itself and on each other. So pick something from the episode, put it into action. Let us know what you're doing on the forums. Head to laundromatresource.com slash forums and let us know what action steps you're taking this week. All right, guys. I will see you, I guess, next week on the podcast or in the webinar or at the live Q&A with Dave Menz or on the blog or, you know, one of the other million places we are right now. So 
Love everything you guys are doing. Keep it up. Go take some action and we'll see you at whatever the next thing is for you. All right, guys. Peace.